And welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. Our topic today is how our spirits transferred from one person to another. Lord, we uh, you said that wherever two or more agree is touching any one thing will be given. Wherever two or more is gathered in your name, there you are in the midst of them. So we ask you to be in here and open our eyes and help us to see and understand. And put your anointing on Lou so the words he speaks, speaks are your words in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, it's the on button. Yeah, we need the power on. Okay, well, good morning. Good morning. So today, this morning, we're going to talk about how our spirits transferred from one person to another. Do you know, church, how is it possible to have a spirit transferred to you? These people in our congregation are all going, yes, we know, as we do training and equipping. It is possible. <clears throat> and usually you talk about the demonic, and we'll be doing that, but let's start out with the positive, with Luke 3.22. And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. That was Jesus when he was baptized in the Jordan by his cousin John. And a voice came from heaven, which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. So... It doesn't say like a dove. It says it came in bodily. It didn't say as a dove or a dove. It says like a dove. So what does that mean? It means it came down slowly and lightly and gently because the Holy Ghost is gentle. He's a gentle man. He's not a tyrant. So very soft. That's the spirit transfer right there. Here's a picture that kind of shows if you could see in the spirit the Holy Ghost coming down. Do we agree the Holy Ghost is a spirit? They also call it the Holy Spirit. Do we agree the Holy Ghost is a person? They call it the three people of the Godhead. So the Holy Ghost is a person. The Holy Ghost has a personality, right? He has many characteristics. He's gentle. He's kind. And on and on. So he has a personality because he is a person. The Holy Ghost has a character. Amen? All his character traits are good. And we want to try to be like the Holy Ghost with good character traits. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Soon he's saying, Amen, Lou. She's going, I'm glad he's here, and I hope he's listening to what he's saying because he needs it. I just pull this off the internet. These are character traits, uh, not necessarily attributed to the Holy Ghost, but these are good character traits. Ambitious. Creative. 
do we not know that the Holy Ghost is creative? You know, Elohim, Creator God, made everything that we see invisible and visible. Compassionate, remember Jesus wept because he had compassion. And so on and on, you can read these. These are good character traits. If we build our character, we can have good traits or we can have not good traits. So we want to build inside of us good character traits. Amen? Well, these are the character traits the Holy Ghost has. Nine fruits of the Spirit. Now today, people are chasing the signs and wonders and miracles, the gifts of the Spirit, right? But you can have miracles happening and you can still be a rotten dude. Right? So, word of wisdom for you all. And online, don't chase the signs and wonders. A tree is known by its fruit. The Holy Ghost is looking for a house. What I mean is the Holy Ghost is looking for a body to indwell. Would you agree? Okay. The Holy Ghost, I'll just say, the Holy Ghost is a disembodied spirit. He wants to infill us. He's looking for a house, which is our body. Do I have a scripture to back that up? Yes, I do. 1 Corinthians six nineteen, Paul says, are you kidding me? He says, what? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own. I have rights. My body, I can abort. Not true if you're a Christian. Not true. Your body and your spirit belong to Jesus Christ after you say, Jesus, come into my heart. And then the Holy Ghost wants to come into your body, right? And indwell you with all the good character traits that you read about in the Bible. Demons are also spirits. Would you agree with that? You know, when Noah, they had the flood, uh, baby Christians think that that wiped off all the evil spirits. But there's things called marine spirits, water spirits. You know, it says everything that has breath in their lungs died. Well, that's true. But you know what? Water is made out of H2O. There's oxygen in water. The fish can suffocate if you take them out of water because they are extracting oxygen from the water. So the marine spirits just kept on swimming. They didn't die. And so we still have demons today. And there are many levels. This scripture here explains it. Ephesians 6.12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against, and here it is, principalities. Those are your big angel demons, not ugly, slimy frog demons that are easy to kick out. These are warrior angels with armor and weapons, and they rule over nations and territories. And then you have powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. And so Satan has an army, just like Jesus Christ has an army. That would be us. We're the army of Christ. We're the bride of Christ. The bride is an army. 
evil spirits are also persons. Now, you may not agree with that, but the Holy Ghost is a person. So just bear with me. I, Apostle Lou, says evil spirits are persons. They just don't have a body, but they want yours. They have a personality. They have a name. Some evil spirits have a name. And a function. Evil spirits have character. All bad. This says Satan comes in many forms. So you can see, you know, Lord of the Flies. Have you ever heard of Beelzebub? Lord of the Flies. It's a wonderful picture of a pile of manure with a bunch of flies buzzing around it. That's Satan. Bad character. He likes dead stuff, stinky stuff. Pan, he's the sex god that preys on children, and he uses music. Music can't be demonic, can it? Oh, these, they're, they're going, yeah, it can. Yeah. Moloch, abortion. We don't have abortion. Oh, we do. Yeah, child sacrifice. The all-seeing eye. The pyramid, the top people, they know. They worship Satan by name. They serve him. The people at the bottom don't have a clue because they're kept in the dark. Then you have, they call this the goat of Mendes in this. It's Baphomet. That's a transgender spirit, male and female. So now people don't even know if they're a boy or a girl. Well, just come and see Apostle Lou. I'll tell you in about one second. I have a neat little trick. You just take your take your pants off, and I can tell you. Pretty simple. Santa Claus. So these are uh, Satan's characteristics, and he comes in many ways, like the Holy Ghost. So you got the two kingdoms that are vying for power. Satan also has fruit. It's all bad. I don't know how much of this I want to go into, but you got nine fruits of the Holy Ghost. This is nine characteristics. Let's just read a couple. Satan Satan represents indulgence instead of abstinence. You know, it's like in the cartoons. They have the good angel and the bad angel. He's going like, go ahead, do it, it'll be fun. And this one's going, don't, don't, you'll be sorry. Okay, this one says, you know, throw off all restraint. Have a good time. Number two, Satan represents vital existence instead of spiritual pipe dreams. Now, I remember back in Iowa, somebody was trying to get me to do this New Age stuff and read a book and let the peace of whatever, he didn't say God, but let this peace just come and indwell you. Don't be walking around all this crazy blind faith. Well, I don't have blind faith. I see miracles happen. So when I pray, I'm not going to read the rest of this, but Satan has power, and the church needs to demonstrate God's power because many people come into the church to see the power of God, and they see churchianity. Nothing's happening, so they leave and go to the dark side. But that's not what happens here in this church. We demonstrate with signs and wonders and miracles and the power of God Amen. Amen. Amen, Tony. 
the nine satanic sins. Here's some characteristics. Stupidity. Do you know anybody that's stupid? You know, maybe they should say, Jesus, come into my heart. And yeah, Leslie says that's not a nice word. I know a lot of stupid people. They need Jesus. You know, and then they need to be cleaned and cast out some spirits and indwell them with the Holy Ghost. And there's a scripture that says, I have the mind of Christ. Those people aren't stupid. They're, you know, like Daniel, ten times smarter than his fellows. You know, dream interpretations. Wisdom. That type. Pretentious. I don't, the, the third one is uh, basically, if if it's real to you, it's real. Doesn't matter. Uh, self-deceit, herd conformity. Put on the mask, right? Conform. Do what we tell you. Y'all shut up out there and do as you're told. Do you know that the Congress passes laws for us, but they're exempt? Hmm. wonder who they're serving. So Satan has characteristics. Now, this is a picture of the day of Pentecost. This is another way that the Holy Ghost or a spirit is transferred. And we just had Passover, so 50 days after Passover is the Feast of Pentecost. The day the Holy Ghost came down and they spoke with tongues. That was an infilling of the good spirit of God. The good spirit of God transferred and came inside and then there was a change, just like that. So if you got Jesus in your heart, if you say you got Jesus in your heart and nothing has changed, maybe he really didn't come in your heart. Because when you get saved, you don't have to tell somebody, stop smoking, stop drinking, stop cussing, stop beating your wife. It just kind of goes away. Because something happened inside of you. You don't need an apostle or pastor up here saying, don't do that. It'll just go away. Wisdom is about to speak. Come come forward, Mrs. Young. If if you like the way I looked, she she picked out my clothes today. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. So what apostles just <laughs> talked about is right. Is, that's the way it is. But I just want to explain just a little <coughs> bit more. Because when you actually have encountered Jesus as your born-again experience, some people, okay, most people change overnight, right? And you can tell a difference. But some of the hang-up, hang, hang up, some of the weight you've been carrying all your life before that, a lot of times it doesn't come out just like that. So if you've been drinking, you've been smoking, you've been doing all kind of stuff, it's a, gra- it's, it's a sanctification. It's a step-by-step. Step. So, so I just want to clarify what he just said. He said when you, cha- you change, everything changes. No, it does change. But those baggages you've been carrying, it takes layer by layer. Okay. So if you still have some of the stuff, I'm still working on it. So it's not just like an instant. I just want to clarify. So I don't want you to go, oh, my gosh, now what? Am I born again or not? Okay, I don't want you having that kind of thoughts, okay? 
the devil, you are a liar. You don't speak to them that way. Okay. <laughs> I'll stay up here. Thank you, Mrs. Young. See, she needs me. <laughs> because if I wasn't around, she'd have to kick her own butt. <laughs> okay, well, since I'm up here, can you go back? <laughs> What reminded me was this transfer right here. Okay. The Holy Spirit just showed me. I just saw the quick vision of um, in Korea. Uh, they have a sham, shaman. Okay. So people who believe in Buddhas, they will hire them. They will come. And they dressed up in their own worship clothes. And they bring their flags and they will start a dancing and, and chanting, and they're calling their God. Okay. So more they do, the more evil spirit comes in and empowers them. Here, 120 people sitting in upper room, they're praying, they're asking God, worshiping him. The Holy Ghost came down, empowered them, right? So other side is same way. So a lot of the cult people, you know what that cult means? It's secret. They don't reveal things. God reveals everything. He don't do anything in hindsight. But the cult, that's what it means. Okay? So they worship their God. And more they worship, more they do evil things, more evil spirit transfer come in like this and empower them so they can, that evil spirit can use them in their kingdom. Okay, so it's the same way. The Satan hijack what God does. So I just, it just reminded me, showed me what the shaman was doing. Then they will start prophesying. They're calling the spirit, ancestor spirit. And, and the people want to know how they're doing. They start talking to the dead. It's the evil spirit. Dead, once they're dead, they're in two places. So they don't come to you. Whenever they come to you, in their form is the evil spirit. God doesn't do that. Okay. Sorry. This is good. I also need Mrs. Young. Somebody has to kick my butt. You got to jump kind of high, though. How are spirits transferred from one person to another? We're going to talk about this. Here uh, you see an evil spirit latching onto a person. That can happen, too. Uh, I just want to let you know you don't have to be afraid of evil spirits, but on the other hand, don't be stupid either. You know, get the mind of Christ so you're not stupid. <laughs> spirits involve themselves in the affairs of humans. How many agree with that? You know, they try to influence us. You know, the Holy Ghost also tries to influence us. You ever heard somebody say, I got a check on my spirit? Mm hmm. We have the Holy Ghost, Hebrews 10.15, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. The Holy Ghost will witness to you. He will give you prophecy. He will give you words of wisdom, words of knowledge. He will tell you to go pray for someone, to speak to them about salvation. He will guide you. He is a teacher. He also rebuke you also. Yes, he does that too. The Holy Ghost can definitely... Convict you of sin, which I pray a lot for unsaved people. I say, go sick him on. We sick the Holy Ghost on this person and convict him of sin. 
Get him to repent and turn to Jesus. He's really good at that. Angels, uh, are they spirits? I say yes because of Hebrews 1.14. Are they not all ministering spirits? It didn't say ministering angels. It said ministering spirits sent forth to minister to heirs of us. We are the heirs, right? We have a heritage. We have a bloodline. We got born into the bloodline of the Almighty God, Jesus Christ. We're blood-bought. Can a spirit jump on you for no reason? Can a spirit jump on you for no reason? Prophet Leslie says, you got to open the door. Well, this is true. you got to, you know, no, the spirit cannot jump on you for no reason. Do I have a scripture for that? Yes. Proverbs 26, 2, as the bird by wandering, as a swallow by flying. So the curse causeless shall not come. So if you're afraid of a, you know, I get these phone calls. I was at work and... Somebody looked at me from across the desk, and they sent a spirit, and it jumped on my back, and I have pain now. I get these calls like that, so. Oh, let me say that. Okay, so people who believe things like that, they open the door every time. So that spirit, wait for that, because it's agreement, okay? So and another thing, since we're talking about that, it will even... Uh, if you get bad thoughts and bad dream, something happens to you in a dream and you get up and you don't do anything, that's, when you don't do nothing, that's agreement also. Because you're silent. So either you have to say no to it or being silent, that's the same thing. So you, you're going to have to rebuke it right away. Say, I don't receive it. Yeah, give them an example of how to do that. Okay. So uh, say... Um, the evil spirit at nighttime came and say you say my mother passed away a couple years ago say my mother came to my dream and lay down next to me what didn't happen but I'm just making up she lays down and she started talking to me and I engage in a conversation with her okay it's my mother right even in my dream so all that happened and she gave me a hug and I woke up is that uh, my mother Dream realm is a spiritual realm also, right? So I have to rebuke that spirit who disguised as my mother that came in for the agreement. And I might not know what that agreement is, but I need to cut it because I know that's not my mother. My mother is in heaven. She don't come into my dream, okay? So we need to be mindful. So if you get sex dream or whatever the dream you get, you know it's not God, then you need to... Rebuke it, say, I don't receive it. It doesn't affect me. Anything you're trying to do to me, I will not receive it. I cancel this assignment. I, you go back to where you've blown. You do not come. I cover myself with the blood of Jesus. Right away, I don't care if you get up at 2 o'clock. Right after that, then do it right there. Or you get up in the morning, don't talk about it. And don't think about it. You just cut it. Because if you can continue talking about it, it's agreement. Then doors open. Okay, this is spiritual thing. It's a real, weird sometimes. Okay, so be careful. You got to know people are destroyed by lack of knowledge. Okay, 
Uh, I'd like to add something here because uh, this is right up my alley too. But um, we, I had someone one time uh, years ago. They called me and they said, "I had a, a dream about you." I said, "Oh, did you? What was it?" And it's like, "I dreamt that you were in this terrible car accident and you died." And I just wanted to let you know. And I said, "I rebuke you <laughs> in the name of Jesus. I cancel the plans and attacks of the enemy, and I don't accept it in Jesus' name." And I hung up the phone. And I thought, this is what people do. They they have a dream about a loved one or a friend or someone that was in a car accident or they died. or And so they talk about it. They rehearse it. They call the person. And it's all, it's just nonsense. Just immediately, like if Stan has a bad dream, what I said, just cancel it. Just cancel it right now. Don't accept it. Don't talk to me about it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want it in, in me or in my mind. I just, just cancel it right now in Jesus' name and be done with it. And it goes away. It really does go away. And if, if it comes back, you do it again, then it just won't come back. It just will not. So it's that's how you. That's another way you can tell it's like definitely of the devil because it's just it will leave and it will not come back. And since we're talking about that also, so if the if Lord gives you something about somebody else, yeah, you do not call that person and say, hey, you know, all this stuff. is He's giving you... He, God doesn't do anything for no reason. If he given you this for somebody, then you're supposed to intercede. You're not supposed to open your big mouth and start you know, talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. Say, I am somebody. God give me this. and you know, That's just stupid. Well, that's not the word you're looking that. for. So just know this. If you're getting something for somebody, you first take that to the Lord and start praying for them and cut those things off from those people. Don't tell them that. Okay. Okay, so this scripture, you should put it in the back burner and remember it just so you know it. Demon cannot jump on you for no reason. If they have, then you need to find out the reason and take care of business. This is New Living Translation. I like to look at different translations periodically. This says pretty much the same thing. Like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an undeserved curse will not land on its intended victims. Witches, warlocks, and Satanists specifically... Put your name or they'll take something from you, like a clothing or hair, and they will do a spell, and they send a curse to you. That's intended. Witchcraft is real. <clears throat> Heard a lot of testimonies. Bill Sneblin talked about this once. He, he was way high up in the Masons, and uh, they did spells and witchcraft, and they sent a spirit to somebody's house it was a strong Christian and the spirit come back and said don't you ever send me to that person's house again so if you got the fire of God on your house the curse without a cause will not alight it doesn't matter how many sent it or who sent it or how strong they are Jesus Christ is stronger okay, can I talk about something yes okay. Yeah, I want you to okay. you don't have to ask me Okay. so I'll, I'll just tell you my experience this one experience I had an invitation from the Chinese lady pastor to come and minister with her at Chinese community center. So Lou was working. I went. We worshiped, and everything was okay. I mean, it was awesome. Holy Spirit was moving and all good. Well, after that, um, lady asked me. She had a people lined up. 
and want me to do deliverance. So <coughs> in zeal, in zeal, I jumped in, and my God, all kind of stuff happened. I was there for, I don't know, six hours, okay? So that was all fine. I was just burned out. And a few days later, I started getting attack in the back of my shoulder, and I couldn't move. I couldn't breathe. I could not cough. I couldn't do nothing. I mean, I'm telling you, I was really scared. And after a while, I thought, okay, I'm not going to do ministry anymore. Okay. So anyway, the, one of the ladies was praying early morning that the Lord showed her the spirit in the realm of a spirit, me laying down, and she saw the daggers and the knives and everything in those area. It was just digging in there. So in there, she pulled everything out, and that incident, I was healed. Then she called me right after that. She said, how are you doing? I'm, I'm, pain's gone. She said, she told me what happened. Okay. So after that, reason I'm saying this, because I want a couple of days later, I'm sitting in my bed with my phone. I'm looking at my phone. All of a sudden, I see the spider is crawling in my arm. I cannot feel it. Then he went to my phone going around. I'm trying to catch it. I can catch it. And pretty soon, I'm checking, and it's gone. Where is that? Then I looked up. There was I looking at me. And I look, and I said, I already knew as soon as I saw. So I pull my finger, and I said, I know who you are. I blind you in the name of Jesus. I cover you with the blood of Jesus. I cut that tie. You know, those are the astral projection. So I say, I cut that right now. And you go to where you belong, and it disappears. So I'm telling you that because that happened to me because I went to territorial Territory is not belong to me. It wasn't sanctified by God, and it was my zeal went there, and I did a ministry without him, my covering. So that's the effect I had to go through to learn this. So I just want to share that. Hello, hello, here we go. There's the four, the four birds, the demons. The curse is coming for you. Is it going to land or is it going to pass over? Say it's going to pass over. Okay, there are cursed objects. Yes, there's cursed objects. Um, I'll give you a, a testimony of a pastor that was here in Texas. Someone went to Israel. Uh, how, how many know what this is, this picture? Tome of the Rock. So someone had taken a trip to Israel, bought a picture of the Dome of the Rock, and brought it over to his pastor and his wife and go, we'd like to give you this gift from Israel. Oh, thank you very much. He hung it on the hallway in the ministry center. And the money's coming in the mailbox weekly. Well, for some reason, the money stopped for a whole week. No money. So next Sunday, the pastor goes, there's an issue. We need to pray. The money's not coming in. I don't know what the issue is. So they had service. They went home while someone's driving home. The Lord says, there's a cursed object in the hallway. It's that picture. 
This picture is actually a mosque. Muslim worship temple. And Leslie, Prophet Leslie will tell you, if you want to go inside that, which we've been there and never went in there, don't want to go in there, they make you take your shoes off, which is bowing to their God. But that was a cursed object, and so the people say you got to get rid of that picture on the wall. They went out and destroyed it, and the next day on Monday, $10,000 in the mailbox, all the money started flowing again. So objects can be cursed. And uh, if you've gone to Africa like we have and they give you trinkets and you bring them home, you can be bringing home an object that has a demon in it. And because I'm a handyman, we're in sales for many years. I've been into thousands of houses. I see all kinds of stuff. I've seen Necronomicrons laying in people's houses. I've seen uh, shrines in people's houses. All kinds of occult statues like Buddhas. You know, big, ugly angels in people's backyards, and they give it a name. This is so-and-so. He's my backyard angel. They're demons. There's, see, the way the demonic works is you have, first you have a lie, then you have an idol, and behind the idol is a demon. And behind that is power, bad power. Um, there's also, on the other end, Satan will also... Um, by people. In other words, um, <clears throat> most of the time it happens like a curse. You'll just, like, finances dry up, etc. But there's also, they'll, like, all of a sudden you have all this money in your account, and you think you're just doing right with God, and it's all the time he's trying to say, you just brought this into the home. There's curses in the home. You need to stop this. And yet they're thinking they're doing it right because it's like finances, etc. are coming in. But yet they're getting attacked in other places. And they don't recognize, um, you know, the attacks in, in the other places as if, as if it's, it's, it's just an illusion sometimes that the devil will try to do just to, to throw you off. So I just want to throw that out, too. Yes, he's a sneaky, sneaky, uh, laying on of hands. Um, not all laying on of hands is bad, but, you know, when you're a baby Christian... It, we've done all the stupid stuff that everybody else has done. Chased the signs and wonders, you know, went through the fire tunnels. I, I always felt funny about that stuff and would pray. Uh, if there's some spirit here that is not God, I don't want it. But I've seen people go through those. And the time they come out the other side, they're walking like a drunken, funky chicken. You know, they get the kundalini. You know, we saw that happen in Honduras. They played some uh, drumbeat music and... Uh, they moved all the chairs. Leslie wasn't moving. <laughs> I'm not moving. And, you know, they start falling down on the floor and shaking. Pulling into trends. So laying on of hands, you need to know the people that you're having touch you. And, I, and when we were in Iowa, I was youth leader for... Um, Methodist Church, and that was a female pastor. I loved that woman. She was awesome. But um, when we prayed for her, she would not let us lay hands on her head. She goes, just touch me on the shoulder. Don't touch me on my head. So I would encourage you, 
you know, not to let people touch you on your head unless you absolutely know them. Like, you know, you've been around here for a couple years and they decide that they're going to pray for you, then okay. But don't go to a new meeting and you don't know somebody and have them lay hands on because you might pick something up that you regret. We used to go around. Oh, my God. Yeah, we did it all. Uh, you know, they, anybody and everybody would think they're moving in the gift or whatever. Me, me, I fight off. I'll go first, you know, and they do that. And, and you know, you don't want, there's some regional people, God-given gift anointing, they pay the price for that. And, and I used to, I, I even say that to Leslie before. Leslie, transfer the anointing you have. Come on, yeah, come on. You know, but I didn't know better at the time. I've been with her for 20, we've been with her 12 years. I didn't know. I've grown quite a bit. Praise God. Thank you for good leader and Holy Spirit, right? But you don't want their anointing because you have to go through the fire they went through. He has perfect anointing for individual. Okay? So. Uh, we're talking about transfer spirit sexual contact very common nowadays I mean it's been common since day one but can you become infected I have a testimony over and over and over so I know you want to tell that no right not now. today oh she's sparing you it's a good one Numbers fourteen eighteen. the Lord is long-suffering, thank you, Jesus, and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgressions, and by no means clearing the guilty. See, we don't even know what sin is in the church. you got sin, transgressions, and iniquities. They're all three different. You read in Leviticus about the peace offering and the sacrifices, and you go like, why is all that in there? It's because of sin, transgressions, and iniquity. They're different. Different level of a sin, and you have to give God for that mount. So it says forgiving if you ask for forgiveness, according to 1 John 1 9, it says if you confess your sins, then you can get forgiven. The Lord isn't going to forgive you of your sins if you don't ask for forgiveness and confess them. So it's like if you do this, I'll do that. But if you just wait for God to drop a golden brick on your head, well, don't hold your breath. Can we go back to laying on hands for just a second? Do you mind? Um, no, let's because, have church. Uh, okay, let's have church. Uh, because, you know, when we go on the missions, of course, everybody wants to be prayed for. Uh, everybody wants to come up to have you touch them. And we're trying to teach them where we would go to Honduras or Pakistan, or I'm sure you all do in Cambodia, is to teach them that they can go to the Father through Jesus on their own, right? Yes. And so not only do we go to lay hands on the people to pray for them, but we also have to be careful when we're laying our hands on them. It's um, just because we're going to pray for them does not necessarily need, mean you need to lay hands on them. Um, it, you know, it's Jesus that's doing the work anyway. It's not by your touch or who you are. And for sure, you, you need to have discernment on whether you touch this person or not. And so you just need to be very mindful of that kind of thing, too. You, you know, that reminds me, I had a, someone spoke over me about 
ministry I do. This was in Atlanta. And uh, no, not that one. Oh, she's um, got two. Anyway, the 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 man of God <laughs> who heard from the Lord because say the tell Sunhi she needs to be careful when she praying for people with laying on the hand. Say be careful because especially the, he sees uh, this lady kneeling down, everybody laying down, and particular one lady had a kind of green, greenish tint, like highlight type greenish tint. And you're going to run into somebody like that, and they are um, sent by the devil. So you lay hands on them, then you receive what you're going to get transferred. So basically what he's saying, just be mindful like what she's saying, Especially when you run into something like that, don't lay your hands on, you just speak. Just speak. So it's, I had a warning word came to me before. So since we're ministering, if you're getting checked, then don't lay a hand. You can touch, I'm talking about here. Just, just You can touch their shoulder or something like that. and Or you can just speak it. Speak it. It's the Holy Spirit is the one doing it anyway. So just speak it and go on. Yes, yes. Did you want to tell your other story? Not now. Okay, so on this same note, uh, especially if you're doing deliverance and casting out demons, for you guys that haven't done this for as many years as Sunni and I have, I would encourage you not to touch the person when you're casting out demons because there is a spirit leaving and... um, it's going to go somewhere. Hopefully, it will go out and away. Well, the person, uh, sometime in deliverance, we need more people because uh, those person can get really hurt. I mean, so they those people who get imbo- involved in this, they have to be really prayed off. And then close all the door, repent, whatever, repent it all so there's no uh, best you can. Because sometime the enduring deliverance, it, Believe me, I mean, if you don't hold them, you don't know what's going to happen. So that kind of stuff happens, too. So that's not, you know, so just be careful, be mindful. Anyway, it just get complicated. Yeah. So when you're casting out a spirit, my suggestion is don't touch them. Just like Prophet Leslie said, speak the word. Now, healing, that's different because the lady with the issue of blood come up and touched the hem of Jesus' garment and virtue came out of him. So in Mark 16, 17, and 18 it says lay hands and you shall be healed. So when you're doing healing and you can get heat or feel you know, I don't usually have that but certain people do. You can tell that the spirit is moving. There's a sensation and the power is leaving. It, it's not your power. It's the Holy Ghost moving through you into them and there's healing being transferred so demons speak the word healing you can't touch them but if you get a check no touchy so I think uh, this is a good place to stop I have more slides and some renunciation so we can do this we can finish this in a future time I know you got a question just hang on Thank you for coming. We'll have church in 15 minutes.
you talk about the trip for the offering for um, missions today? And Brandon, you can do for the church. Okay. Well, welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church here in Plano, Texas. It's a beautiful day here. We're getting a little bit of rain. One of those days probably most people are sleeping in. But you need to be here at church. <laughs> it's a, you know, I don't know what it is about Texans, but like at least in this area, it's like it rains. It's like more people stay home if it's raining than they do in the snow. I don't, I don't get that. But anyway, uh, but welcome to our church today. And all you that are watching online, uh, we know that you'll be blessed. And if you missed this morning's the 930 service, you need to go back and, and be sure that you watch that. But there's a few announcements. So let me just take this. Uh, on, a, on the back of the flyer, which looks like this, is uh, it has also the intercessory information to sign up for the Zoom. And you can sign up on, I don't know if I have that one. Nope, I don't have it. Uh, you can sign up. Um, there's, a, there's a clip here. You can see you can see uh, Barb over here, and you can sign up for the intercessory for the Zoom, and that's on the first and third Tuesdays of each month. Also, on uh, May the 6th, uh, from 9 to noon, we as a church are going to do our spring cleaning. And the more we have here, the faster it goes, and the better it gets all done. So come and join for us for that. We'll put on some praise and worship music and just... Whistle while you work. Da, 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 da. Uh, bring old rags and cleaning supplies. And then on, we'll reward ourselves because on Sunday we're going to have church in the park. Yay. And there's a sign-up. Here, I'll let you have these to hand around. There's a sign-up. Let me have this one. Let me see here. Uh, for what to bring. And if you, there's something else that's anonymous that you want to bring, that's fine too. Um, and also, hopefully, you'll just come. Just come and join us. And um, on the flyer has the address of where the church in the park is, and that's you'll be there by 10 in the morning. We'll start at 1030. Yeah. We have started Bible study again. Uh, so, yeah, praise the Lord. Uh, I'm here it's, it's, here. it's going really well. It's on Fridays from 630. Let me just talk, guys, please. 
I know you're excited, but good grief. Friday at 6.30 to 8, and you can also watch online, but it's it's really good if you can be here, and it's, it's a lot more um, meaningful if you can. You put here from 6 to 8. Isn't it 6.30 to 8? Okay, he needs people to come by here by six to help set up everything. So, so if you're if you're coming on Friday nights, please be here by six, especially men with muscles because I have to move some tables around and everything, and uh, cables and stuff. So from six, please be here at six, and it goes till eight p.m. And you can just sign up that you'll be here by six. Hopefully, um, most people will come. Doesn't Scarlett and I look great today? We just had this thing going, Scarlett. We wore blue not long ago together. We wore pink today. You must be my granddaughter, right? <laughs> we just we just have a connection, right? <laughs> You're so beautiful. Well, thank you for your help today. I appreciate it. She's uh, six years old, going on 20. Anyway, such a blessing. I love hearing her like... Uh, like at a party for Enzo's party, she's just a take charge. You can tell she has Leslie in her name because she's just a take charge person. Now, I know you want to sit by me, but there's no seat in between, so you need to sit over here and you sit over there and I'll sit in the middle. That's like the things like that. It's so great. And they just get up and move and just go do what they're supposed to do. It's so awesome. But she's special. And so is Enzo. And so is Paris. And so is is uh, Kira, my new one. And so is, is Eisen. So I'm, I'm blessed. I'm really blessed. Um, I guess we need to pray. Let's get our service started. Go ahead and stand up. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come humbly before you this morning. And we thank you so much that we can come here to praise you and worship you freely. We don't have to be concerned about it, them hearing us outside these doors, that, it's, that we're free to worship you and free to praise your name and free to say the name of Jesus and the free to say the name of apostle or prophet. And, you know, we're so blessed. We're here in just this freedom of a nation, this Christian nation that is just being destroyed, but yet your name is still being lifted up. And we thank you for it. And, Lord, we thank you that even though we see things that are just being torn apart in our nation, we also see the name of Jesus being lifted up even more and more. And for that, we just give you praise. Lord, there's some that are watching online right now, and they need your touch. They need a touch from the Holy Spirit. They just need that touch of the healing anointing from you, Jesus. Lord, it's not by man that touches them. It's by you. And so we just ask that you minister to them, touch them, heal them, Give them that miracle that they need. Give them the healing that they need. Um, give them the the uh, the families. Bring them back together where there's not quarreling going on and um, controversy going on. Just just we ask that you just heal these families in the name of Jesus. And Lord, there's you know in the in the church there's all kinds of things that happen. You know divorces are happening. You know, there's sickness and disease that happens. And right now, Lord, we just need your touch. We just need you to, to come in and enter in and be the center of a conversation in our homes. And we do give you praise and honor and glory, and we thank you for that. 
We thank you for job opportunities, job opportunities, increase in pay for your, for your children. We stop the hand of the enemy from right now from stealing and killing and destroying them. And, Lord, we say we're going to be the head and not the tail, and we're going to praise your holy name, and we're not going to be silent. We're going to be uh, fruitful in our words in Jesus' name. And thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated. Uh, it's time for offering. All right. Good morning, everybody. Church, good morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. So we are going to be doing offering, and this is the way that we worship the Lord. This is one of the ways. We praise the Lord for what he has done. I was reading John chapter 15. It says that we cannot bear fruit without him. In the same light, we're, we are so fortunate to even have jobs and the, and the people around us that we can even have the blessing to give back. So uh, I always say it's oftentimes, it's about the attitude whenever you give. And he commends your heart. He sees your heart before he sees anything else. So it's our prayer today that you ask God what is an appropriate amount to give out of the abundance of your heart, right? So um, let's bless God. Let's bless our church and stand with one another, even financially. Thank you for bending down and picking that up. <laughs> Save the pain in my back. <clears throat> Lord, it is an honor to have our name written in the book of life, and it is an honor to give. Lord, we know that you see everything that we give, and you told us that we should give without being grudging, begrudgingly instead you love a cheerful giver. And Lord, we give this to you this morning cheerfully, knowing that you're going to watch over it. You're going to see that it arrives to do that thing that the people have sent it forth to. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And Heavenly Father, we rejoice in your name. We say thank you from above everything that you have given us um, out of the overflow of our heart. May this be pleasing and acceptable before you. And we just say thank you for everything that you have given us on the cross. We say thank you and we love you this morning. In Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, hello, hello, hello. Hi. So, isn't it nice to be obedient? No? The Lord says, go ye into your little surroundings, right? Is that what it says? No, it says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So this is what I'm going to talk right now about, you know, giving, giving, so we could go and preach the gospel to all the world. Isn't that nice that we're doing that? So that's, is that it? Yes, it is. So, we are planning to go in October, okay, to Honduras, and 
we also helping every month a little church there that has a little Sunday school, okay? We have already, this month is already covered, but we need also your help for the, uh, um, for the coming month. So, in a way, I take care of that. So, if you have a donation for that, please, you know, uh, give it to me. And if, if you had a, 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 how you call, un sobre, un sobre. How you say that in, huh? An envelope. <laughs> a little envelope, it will be nice, you know, with your name and all that, okay? Okay, every month is $90. It's $80, but to send it over there, it costs $10 at the end in both ways, okay? So, thank you. God bless. Thank you for your donation. Go ahead. I start? Okay, let's start. Thank you, Jesus, for all these donations right from their heart, Lord. Lord, I pray you multiply it, Lord. And thank you, Jesus, that this, these donations are for souls. In Jesus' name. Lord, in addition to that, you know that we're talking about getting a TV program going down in Honduras where someone close to me is going to be interpreting from English to Spanish. And Lord, we ask you to put your blessings on that. We ask you to open the right doors, close the wrong doors, so that this would fill up the house when we go down there to speak. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Next. That's right. Everybody's ahead of me on this one. It's time for praise and worship. It's time for there we go. Got to get the fun part in here now. We're going to praise our God. Lord, you are mighty. We are we worship you. You are worthy to be praised Father God. We give you the glory. We want to tell you who you are and that we love you Father God. In the name of Jesus, let it be a sweet sound into your ear. Come on, let's put our hands together. Oh, Lord, my God, in you I put my trust. Yes, we do. Oh, Lord, my God, in you I put my hope. Oh, Lord, my God, in you I put my trust. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, Lord, my God, in you I put my hope. Oh, in you, in you I find my peace. Yes, we do. In you, in you I find my strength. In you, I live and move and breathe. Let everything I say and do, let everything I say and do be grounded by my faith in you. Lift up holy hands and sing. Let the praises ring. Come on. Oh, Lord, my God, to you 
peace. Oh Lord, my God, to you I give my peace. Oh Lord, my God, to you I give my everything. Oh yes, we do. Oh Lord, my God, to you I give my life. Come on, singing in you. In you, in you I find my peace. In you I find my strength. In you, in you I find my strength. Yes, we do, Father God. In you I live and move and breathe. Let everything I say and do. Let everything I say and do be founded by my faith in you. Lift up holy hands and sing. Let the praises ring. Let the praises ring. Come on, let me see your hands nice and high now. Singing in you, in you, in you I find my peace. In you I find my strength. In you, in you I find my strength. Yes, we do, Lord. In you I live and move and breathe. Let everything I say and do. Let everything I say and do be found about my faith in you. Lift up holy hands and sing. Let the praises ring. Let the praises ring. Let the praises ring. Let the praises ring. Yeah. Let the praises ring. Hallelujah. Lord, we just want to praise your glory and light. There is an endless song echoes in my soul. I hear the storms may come, I am holding on to the rock I cling. How can I keep from singing your praise? How can I ever say enough? How amazing is your love? How can I keep Shouting your name I know I am loved by the King And it makes my heart want to sing I will lift my eyes In the darkest night For I know my Savior Oh, 
Troubled times, sing when I win. I can sing when I lose myself and fall down again. I can sing because you pick me up. Sing because you're there. I can sing when you hear me, Lord, and I call to you in prayer. I can sing with my last breath. Sing. For I know that I'll sing with the angels straight around the throne. How can I keep from singing your praise? How can I ever say enough? How amazing is your love? How can I keep from shouting your Over fear and no 
For this time, we can praise your name openly with spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. Lord, we do. We worship you. We know that we are only flesh. And we know that we would be nothing without you in our lives. And we give you the praise and the glory and the honor. And thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I have a just a message, an encouraging word this morning. Um, I just want to let you know that that Jesus is who you can trust. Amen. And 
he just he gave me the scriptures, Psalm 31, 1, but you can read the whole uh, chapter there, Psalms 31. And he says, I will trust. I will trust in you, Jesus. And our songs today were all about trust. And I really felt like there were some, even watching online, they're having a hard time trusting right now. Trusting because of what they see, what's going on. Trusting with what's going on in their, la- in their life or the family life. Trusting with God and the healing anointing that he can give you. And so I wanted to encourage you that, you know, trust stands for, this will be off the cuff. Trust stands for that he's true. He's the one true God, right? And so we're going to sing this first song here in just a minute again. And I want you to understand that you've got to trust in him. You've got to believe in him. He's the one true God. It does, you can't go back and forth going to this God and then also joining in and being a Christian too and playing in the cult and so forth. And uh, you, know, you, need to, you need to decide that Jesus is the right one. Jesus is the only one. He is only for God. And just like Leslie Ann said, you're either hot or you're cold. Because, you know, he will spew you out of his mouth. But be hot or cold, either be for him or not for him. But trust in him. He is the one true God. You know, he's the real deal. He's the real, real God. There's not another one. We've just been into a uh, uh, couple of weeks ago. We're in Pakistan where they don't believe in Jesus. And yet many are coming to Christ because they know that they can trust him, that he's the real deal. And then he's the umpire. He's going, you're safe in Jesus' name, right? He's the one. He's the one that's going to say, you're safe from all your sins. You're safe from all your sicknesses. You're safe from all your diseases. You're safe wherever you are living in the name of Jesus. Then sure, he's the surety of you. He wants you to have that surety of him, excuse me. He wants you to be sure that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. No playing around anymore. I kept picking up there were people that are just playing church. They, they don't really know who the true Jesus Christ is. They don't really know who, what it means to serve him. They don't really know what it means to worship him. They just come and sing a few songs and, and don't get into his word or, and say, oh, this part of the word is okay for me. And this part of the word, nah, that was the old time. That was long ago. You know, get right with God. Because he wants you to be righteous before him. Amen. And the T, the last T, stands for timing. His timing, right? His timing. You're praying for that new job. You're praying for that new car. You're praying for uh, finances to come in. You're praying, but you have to do your part. What are you doing? The only way to get out of these messes that you're in many times is to outgive God. I'm not taking up offering. We weren't taking up offering. But to outgive him. Outserve him. Serve your family. I mean, husbands, serve your wife. Serve your children. Be that example to them. Don't, don't, don't just expect them to just serve you all the time like the, the Jetsons <laughs> cartoon in my time where he walks in, sits on the chair, and the, top, the, the little boy brings his slippers, right? I think that's how it went. Someone else brings his, you know, bring whatever. Bring, bring him everything. In other words, you know, be that example that you're the servant first, and the others will follow. They'll know what it means to be serving others because the Father is doing this. The Father is doing this. Don't bring attention. Just do. Just do. Just be that servant because Jesus is our prime example, 
And first and above all, he was a great servant. And he wants us to know what that means also. So as we sing this song, really, you know, if you need to come up to the altar and say, Lord, I haven't trusted you like I should. I haven't trusted you in the area of my family. I haven't trusted you in the area of my finances. I haven't trusted you in the area of my travel. I haven't trusted you in the area of whatever it may be. Come to the altar and lay down at his feet and say, today I choose to trust you. I'll turn it over to you. Can you please stand with us? Come on, let's put our hands together. Oh, Lord, my God, in you I put my trust. Oh, Lord, my God, in you I put my hope. Oh, Lord, my God, in you I put my trust. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, Lord, my God, in you I put my hope. In you, in you I find my In you, in you I find my strength. Come on, give it all up to him. In you, I live and move and breathe. Everything I say and do. Let everything I say and do be founded by my faith in you. Lift up holy hands and sing. Let the praises ring. Come on, we're going to give him our hands and feet now. Oh, Lord, my God, to you I give my hands. Oh, yes, we do. Oh, Lord, my God, to you I give my peace. Oh, Lord, my God, to you I give my everything. Oh, Lord, my God, to you I give my life. Singing in you, in you, in you I find my peace. In you, in you I find my strength. In you, I live and move and breathe. Let everything I say and do. Let everything I say and do be founded by my faith in you. Lift up holy hands and sing. Let the praises ring. Let the praises ring. All right, come on, let's see those feet to moving. Hallelujah. Oh, 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 oh. In you, in you I find my peace. In you I find my strength. 
Online, let us hear you. Okay? What is his name? Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. And those at home, you can get comfortable on your couch. <coughs> Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much. I thank you that we can come here humbly before you and hear your message, hear your word. Lord, I thank you that this man has heard from you and he's going to bring a message that we need to hear. I thank you for anointing him from the top of his head to the soles of our feet, his feet. And, Lord, we ask for the anointing to be transferred so that we'll receive what you're having to say. Give us the spiritual ears to hear what you're saying to us, Lord. And I come against any kind of slumbering spirit in here or those watching online. I rebuke you, devil, right now, you demon of sleepiness in the name of Jesus that's trying to put the people asleep. To not hear the word of God. But guess what, devil? It still gets inside them. So you might as well just leave them alone. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Lord, this morning we say, worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb to take the book and to open the seals thereof. Because you were slain, has redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. What you did defeated the devil and all of his works. You opened a door that we can all live eternally with you. Thank you for it. Now, Lord, we ask for your anointing to come into the room. We cannot understand your word so infinite unless your Holy Spirit brings understanding, revelation. We ask you for that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Hear the parable, Matthew twenty-one thirty-three. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and digged a wine press in it, built a tower, and laid it out to husband and went to a far country. That's Jesus, or should say the Father God, built this world, and then he gave it to us to rule and reign. We messed up. When the time of the fruit drew, draw near, drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandman that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husband took his servants and beat one and killed another and stoned another. In other words, as God sent prophets, in this case to Israel, but it's also speaking to the rest of the world, including us sent prophets to them. 
And he sent other prophets more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. The last of all he sent unto them his son, saying, Ah, they'll reverence my son. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, Ah, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him, cast him into the out of the vineyard, and slew him. And when the Lord of the vineyard cometh, what will he do to those husbandmen? They said unto him, He will miserably destroy those wicked men, and will let out his vineyard into other husbandmen, which shall render him the fruits in their seasons. And today we're going to be talking about what happened after the resurrection. You know, in the times past, we tend to talk about the week before Jesus riding into Jerusalem. We tend to talk about the things that happened when he was nailed to the cross. All of those are real powerful. But I've never really brought up and taught on the things after that. What happened after he arose from the grave? A lot of really important, very powerful things happened. So today we're going to talk about that. Yeah, there's lots of scriptures, but I'm not going to read all of them, but I am going to be reading fast. I think it's important that we get the word in us, which, by the way, what happens when we get the word of God in us? I believe it changes our attitude. I believe it changes our worldview. Because we look at some people and say, why are you a Democrat? We can't understand that. It's because they have a different worldview. And sometimes we look back on ourselves and say, why did you do that? Why did you do that? Because we were walking in the wrong worldview. Here's the truth. If we don't constantly put the word of God into us, then it leaks out. We begin to forget. And that's the reason we have a Bible study every Friday night. I need it. That's why I'm doing a Bible study, because I need it. I'd like to say that I have a memory that's photographic and never forgets anything, but... Leslie will tell you, she'll call me and say, can you stop by and get a loaf of bread or, you know. And then I drive up, walk in. See, I'm not going to tell the rest of the story because you know what's going to happen, right? It only happens to me. (laughs) I need to constantly put the Word of God in me or I start forgetting. If I start forgetting then it's easy to start falling away because we're constantly bombarded and barraged with the world and the things of the world and the things that, according to the Bible, do so easily beset. So by putting the Word of God into us on a regular basis helps us to keep a Christian view. And if we study the prophecies, it also gives us a prophetic picture on what's going on. Today... Let me encourage you to come to the Friday night Bible study. Yes, it starts at 6.30, but we need people to help set up. If you could be here at least by 6 to help us, that would be wonderful. Bring your King James Bible. So here we go, Matthew 28. In the end of the Sabbath, as it drew toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to the sepulcher. Behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. Okay, so how many angels are there so far? One. His countenance was as lightning, his raiment a white as slow, and the fear of him the keepers did shake and became as dead men. Okay, what's going on here? 
Remember they went to Caesar and they said, ah, his, his disciples said he was going to raise from the dead. So we need to put some people to guard the tomb and make certain they don't go and steal his body. Actually, that was good for us because then they made certain that it wasn't just stolen. So when it says the keepers, these were soldiers. These were soldiers. And by the way, in those days, if the prisoner escapes, it's your life. You don't let a prisoner escape. So they didn't just let Jesus just walk off. They didn't let the disciples come in and steal his body. They do that, and it's their head, okay? So the fear, fear of the keepers did shake, and they became as dead men. What does that mean? They were slain in the spirit. <laughs> angel God shows up, and they just fall like a wet noodle. The angel answered and said to the women, Fear not, for I know you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. And he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There you shall see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher and fear great joy and did run to bring his disciples word. As they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Now, I suspect, I do not know this for sure, but my guess is that's where Hitler got his. What is Lucifer what? He wants the worship given to God. And what was Hitler? There you go. Now, Leslie and I have been there actually several times. And this is, I've showed you this many times, but I'll briefly go through it again. This is where the stone, which was about that big, about 12 foot across, and it rolled from left to right, and then it stopped right here against this abutment. I'm going to show you right down there, it rolled down this trough. So whoever made this grave, we know it was Joseph of Arimathea, he was a very wealthy man. He had a vineyard, and all around this area here is a vineyard, and I'm not going to go into all that today. But there's a sign there that says, he is not here, he is risen. This is where the stone rolled down here, and then when it rolled, now this is two different pictures here, when it rolled closed, then it stopped against this. So it could only roll one way. The abutment door stopped here. And people had to stoop to get in. Now, remember that because I'm going to show you three different places in here where if this is really Jesus' tomb, they had to stoop to get in. There wasn't a full door. This is the iron spike. In my childhood days, I used to think, oh, well, when they sealed his tomb, they probably sealed it with wax. No. Again, the whole point was they were afraid that the disciples come and steal his body. So when they sealed it, they put an iron spike about that big around. Again, I've been there. I've touched it. You see, I'm touching the iron spike. There's a close-up of it. And you might be saying, well, uh, that's over 2,000 years old. Wouldn't it have rusted by now? Well, it would if it had the normal rain, but desert, uh, Israel is very desert, very dry, and it's still there. The same spike just sheared off because guess what? The angel had the power to roll that 12-foot door right back and just sheared that that iron spike off. This is Leslie and her husband. That uh, was, we were taken to another grave in the area. This is not Jesus' tomb. But just to show you that that's the way they would cover this. In other words, this is a tomb. They roll the door. I think it's interesting. It's rolled from left to right, the same thing. Right is closed. Now let's back to Scripture. 
When the Sabbaths were passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salomon, had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning of the first day of the week, they came to the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. They said to themselves, Who shall roll away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? When they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right. Okay, that's the second angel. Young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long garment, white garment, and they, they were affrighted. He said to them, Be not affrighted. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is not. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way, tell the disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There you shall see him, as he said unto you. And they quickly went, they went quickly and fled, fled from the sepulchre, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Now, when Jesus was risen early the first week, I can't read today. Risen then the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And when she went and told him that she had been there, and they had mourned and wept, and they, when they had heard he was alive, and had been sent, seen of her, believed not. I think it's interesting, his own disciples, even though they were told he was going to come back from the dead, still didn't believe. In our modern world, having our King James Bible, we want to believe, oh, if I was there, I would have believed. Well, <laughs> it might have been tougher than what you think. Here's a plan of the tomb. So there was an angel that was sitting outside here on the rock. Then they walked in through the door, which is along about right here. They had to stoop down to get in. And then, you know what, I'm, I'm doing, let me turn this around. Door here. You walk in. There was a place to lay a body here. There was a place to lay a body here. Pillow cut in rock. So his head would be this way and his feet were facing east. Why were his feet facing east? Everybody in Jerusalem is always facing the east. Why? Because they want to set up and see the Lord's return. They want to be facing him, right? So this is inside, this is a picture I actually took inside the tomb. So the angel would be here, and then this would be the head, and this would be the feet here. This is probably where Jesus was. Feet here, head up here. Feet here, head up here. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they prepared and certain others of them. Now, here's another point. Wait a minute, Stan, did you read this? No, I didn't. Because one was Matthew, one was Mark, one was Luke, one was John. The Bible says, In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. When you have two people or more, then it's considered to be established. In this case, they had four witnesses. So it's double confirmation. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered in and found not the body of Jesus. And it came to pass. As they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them at the shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed their faces, bowed down their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Now, 
He didn't say that to all of the 12 disciples. Can I show you another example here? They didn't hear that. So some of them, these particular ones, were told that he was going to rise again. And returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and all the rest. And it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And the words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. This is his own disciples. Not believing. Not good. Then arose Peter and ran to the sepulcher, stooping down. That's important. And he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at which was come to pass. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early. Same story, only this is John. When it was dark, into the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. She runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we not know where they laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they both ran together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. And he, there it is again, stooping down, looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher and seeth the linen clothes lie. And the napkin which was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. And as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. So these guys knew it. These guys didn't. Now, John, but Mary stood without the sepulcher weeping, and as she wept, she, that's the third time, stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. And seeing two angels in white sitting, the one at the head at the other feet, where the body of Jesus had lain, and they said to her, Woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, Because they have taken the, away my Lord, and I don't know where they have laid him. When she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be a gardener, said unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary, she turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say master. Now this is, this is really important right here. So Mary didn't recognize him, thought he was a gardener until she, he called her name. Then she recognized Rabboni, master. Jesus said unto her, touch me not, for I am not ascended to my father. But go unto my brethren, say unto them, I send to my Father and your Father, and to my God and to your God. Why did she say, don't touch me? How many know? Okay, you see, that's what happens when you read my books and come to the Bible study. You know these things, see. Did I say something wrong? Well, that's why I put it up there that way. It's just to make sure you're you're paying attention there, right? right? Okay, so let's go back. So she thought he was a gardener. He said Mary. She said Rabboni, which is say master. Then Jesus said, touch me not, for I'm not yet ascended to my father. Why did he say that? Here's your answer. I saw it. Now this is the day Jesus returns as king of kings and lord of lords. I saw <clears throat> 
I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he that sat upon me is called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. That would be Jesus. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and his head were many crowns, and he had a name written which no man knew but he himself. Here it is. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. Now, I don't believe that it was totally coated in red. I think that someplace in there, when Father, when Jesus ascended to the Father at this point, because she hadn't ascended to him yet, he got that wedding garment and he brought it back down and he dipped it in his own blood. Why? Because that wedding garment is going to be the garment that he wears to the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's going to be the garment that he wears when he returns on the white horse here. By dipping it into the blood, it's saying, you killed me the, uh, outside of the city, and I'm going to kill you in the same wine press. The same place where Jesus was crucified, same place where his blood dripped on the ground, he's going to gather all of the grapes and all of the tares, all of the evil people for Armageddon down to that same valley, and he's going to spill their blood there. And he says he will wet his sword with their blood, and his, their, their blood will then get on that same wedding garment when he returns. The armies which are in heaven, that's us, followed him on white horses. We get a white horse. So you guys, if you've never been on a horse, you're going to get on a horse. Clothed with fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. What's the name of that? Very good. I'm sorry? Morning star. Everybody say morning star. You heard it first here. Out of his mouth goeth sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. What does that mean? Does iron bend? No. Pretty much not, okay? He's saying that when he's ruling during the millennium, no one breaks any of the laws. Someone break a law, all of a sudden a, a, a Morning star judge shows up the speed of thought, which is faster than the speed of life. Speed of thought hits them with a morning star. They fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones, destroying both body and soul. So that's what he's saying. I'll rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the wine press. Where's the wine press? Just out. Okay, so back there where the throne was, remember that? I said that that was a vineyard. That was a wine press. He was crucified in a wine press. His blood was spilled at the wine press. So that's the reason he calls it the wine press again because he's going to bring all the world back down to Armageddon, gather them in that same spot, and he's going to spill their blood at the wine press. Isn't that awesome? Wine press and the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his vesture here. Vesture, okay? And on his thigh, a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So it's here and it's here. Now, I put this picture to show you. This is actually, in my opinion, not correct. I do not believe he is. It's, it's going to be have spots on it when he returns. Now, after he has used his sword to destroy the, the grapes and the tares. Actually, he destroys most of the tares. The other two angels with sharp sickles slash the grapes. That's the reason the blood rises horse bridles by the space of 1,600 furlongs. 
But here, I believe at this point, he would only have one plot hit where he dipped it in his blood, just like he said, dipped in his blood. And then this is also incorrect. I know it may be hard for to, to, to put in the painting, but this doesn't say King of Kings and Lord of Lords just on his thigh. It's up here, here, all down here. So it should be, in my opinion, like one of those sashes. He's wearing a sash where it says King of Kings and Lord of Lords all the way down here. What's this coming out of his mouth? Yeah, you guys are smart. So let's look at eyes as a flame of fire, head, many crowns, clothes, vesture dipped in blood, out of his mouth goeth the morning star, on his vesture and his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now let's go back here. I love this part. This is Jesus' big victory. So bear with me because I'm going to read it again. I love it. I saw an angel standing in the sun. He cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come, gather yourselves together under the sup of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses, and then that sat on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered to make war against him that sat on the horse and his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet, which wrought miracles before them, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and then that had worshipped his image. Now, got a question coming here. Notice carefully. These both were cast alive into a lake burning with brimstone, fire burning with brimstone. Now, why were they cast alive? Why were they taken from Armageddon? No, they were taken from the Battle of Armageddon. Okay, so this is Jesus returning. And the angel takes uh, the beast, where was it? The beast and the false prophet were taken and cast alive into a lake burning with brimstone because they do not get sold out. When the morning star hits all of those people that are coming to attack Israel for Armageddon, as that morning star hits them, it kills both body and soul. The beast and the false prophet do not get that. Instead, they're tossed into Lake Burns with brimstone. And then a thousand years later, Lucifer is also tossed in with them, and they are tormented. Now, what's torment? Try to imagine the most painful thing. Most people say it's being burned. Try to imagine your whole body on fire. Total torment, total pain, and it's for all eternity, and there is no escape. So all the rest of the people... There, they get sold out, unless they took the mark of the beast, and they're tossed in the lake, burning with brimstone, with the beast and false prophet on. A thousand years later, Lucifer joins them. Now, let's go on to the last verse. And the remnant, in other words, the, the beast, here it is, the beast, the kings of the earth. Okay, so the beast is tossed into the lake, burning with brimstone. The kings of the earth and the armies, the remnant, were slain by the sword of him that sat on the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Now, let's go on. Now, let's turn to the report of the guards. And when they were going, behold, some of the watch came to the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave large money to the soldiers. See, that's what they're doing today to control government people. 
They give them large money, millions of dollars. Oh, well, if you lie to your people, if you'll tell them that this mm, uh, will protect them or this mm, anti-V will solve the problem, some of you know what I'm talking about, then they get large money. Okay, well, same thing there. It's the devil. Satan and his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. If this come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him, persuade him and secure you. You know they're doing the same thing today. For example, they keep attacking Trump, attacking Trump, attacking Trump, yet they're the ones doing the bad things, but no one's coming after them because they have a deal. Okay, whatever Satan's servants do, they get away with. But whatever God's servants do, uh, not one inch. Okay. So they took money and did as they were taught, and saying is commonly reported among the Jews today. That's the reason you don't hear from the Jews. They do not believe that Jesus arose from the dead, because they believed a lie. After that, he appeared in another form of two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it unto the residue, neither believed they them. Okay, so what is this? This is Jesus appeared to them in another form. They were walking with him. They didn't believe him. Isn't it strange that sometimes people just can't see Jesus? They can't see that he's the only God that come out of the, the grave. They believe lies. And they, they just can't seem to see it. In this case, the disciples are walking with Jesus, but they didn't recognize him. Here's another example. Behold, two of them went into the same day into a village called Emmaus, which were from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. And they taught together all of these things which happened, and it came to pass that while they were communed together and reasoned Jesus, try it again, while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. And their eyes were holding, they didn't recognize who he was, that they should not know him. And he said unto him, what manner of communications are these that you guys are talking about, and why are you so sad? And they said, well, are, are, you, are you, you new around here in Jerusalem? You don't know what just happened here in these last few days? That's the Johnson version. And he said to them, what things? And they said, well, you know, concerning of Jesus Nazareth, he was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. And the chief priests and the rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. Now, let me get this right here. Yeah, okay. And we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. What's going on with this verse? We trusted that it would have been him that would redeem Israel. Israel at the time had been overruled or defeated in battle by the Romans. So the Romans came in and ruled over Israel. It would be kind of like if the Russians, or when the Russians defeat America and they come in and they rule over Americans, we have to do as our captors tell us to do. That's what he's talking about here. We were trusting that Jesus was going to throw off the Roman rule and make Israel a great nation again. Only it was not time for that. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished which were early at the sepulcher, and when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said he was alive. And a certain of them, 
which were with us went to the sepulchre and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. And then they said unto him, O fools, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village, whither they went and made though, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, No, 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 abide with us. Okay, so you got the picture. They were walking toward Emmaus. Jesus appears, but they don't recognize him. He's walking along saying, How come you guys are so sad? You don't know what just happened? The guy we thought was going to deliver us from Rome just got crucified. You don't know that? So then when they saw it was Jesus, they said, no, no, stay with us, stay with us. He said, no, here's what, now this is what happened. So they contrained him, saying, abide with us, for it is very late, or toward the evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them, and it came to pass. He that sat with meat with them, he took bread and blessed it, and brake and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened. And they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. So wouldn't you have liked to have been there in those days? And they said one to another, Did our heart not burn within us while we talked by the way, and while he opened us the scriptures? And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven gathered together, and them that were with them. And the Lord, and saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known unto them in breaking of bread. Now, we're going to skip to Mark here. Afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. You know, sometimes a belief is not that easy, is it? And as they spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And they were terrified and frightened, supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet. That is, I myself. Handle me. See, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as you see me, as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye any meat? They gave him a piece of boiled fish and a honeycomb, and he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, These are words that I spake, spake, spake unto you, while I was with you, all the things that must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Jumping again. The same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors are shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. When he had said that, he showed them his hands and his side, were the disciples glad, and when they saw the Lord. And said Jesus unto them, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. How many of you got the Holy Ghost? All right. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. What is that saying? He gave the disciples 
meaning us too, the power to forgive sins. After these things, Jesus, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. It's one of the places Leslie and I went to Israel. We love Tiberias. <laughs> when we go there again, probably soon, uh, definitely go to Tiberias, and that's one of the places we'll probably consider making a, at least a temporary residence. And on this wise he showed himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana of Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two of the disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I go fishing. Now this is important. And they said to him, we also go with thee. Okay, so Peter and the other guys are going to go. So they went forth, entered into the ship, and that night they caught nothing. So they, they, they fished all night long. In the morning, it now come, Jesus, <coughs> excuse me, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, Children, have you any meat? And they answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and you shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said, Peter, it is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he girded his fisher's coat onto him, for he was naked, and cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging in out of fishers. And as soon as they were come to the land, they saw a, coals, a fire of coals there, fish laid there on a bread. Jesus said to them, Bring of the fish which you have now caught. Simon Peter went up. Now this is about to be important here. You're catching this. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, yet was the net not broken. Then Jesus said to them, Come and dine. None of the disciples does ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus comes, takes bread, gives them fish likewise, now, this is the third time Jesus showed himself to disciples. Do you see the parallel? Leave it up to a prophet. See, this is where being in a prophecy church comes in handy. Okay, so here it is. <clears throat> it is a repeat of what happens at the marriage supper of the Lamb. At the marriage supper of the Lamb, those that are ready get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is where Jesus is brought before the Ancient of Days and has given dominion, kingdom, excuse me, dominion, glory, and a kingdom. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is that which shall not be destroyed, where all people, nations, and languages shall serve and obey him. That's where he's changed from becoming the Lamb of God to become the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He changes from becoming the Lamb of God to become the King of kings and Lord of lords. He comes forth and is given glory and honor. And we get to go there. We are only given one thing to go, and that's a wedding garment, a white wedding garment. I cannot tell you how many times in my prayer closet I've prayed. I said, Lord, I cannot wait to see you at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I look forward to that moment to see you brought before the ancient of days where you're given glory, dominion, glory, kingdom, dominion, glory, and a kingdom. I want to see you change from Prince of the Kings of the Earth to become King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And then he comes forth and he serves us. 
It's the marriage supper of the Lamb. Blessed and holy are those that are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb, for they shall not see death. In other words, you make it to the, to the marriage supper of the Lamb, you already know you have eternal life. But you're not given your eternal, your glorified body yet. You don't get that until probably the best. Okay. Okay, so the marriage supper of the Lamb takes place here on Pentecost. We go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Then about four months after, after he's been serving us, then we get a white horse, he gets a white horse, and then we return down on the white horse with him to watch him Armageddon destroy his enemies. This is a repeat. Why does it say 153 fish were caught? Why go to the trouble when the Bible didn't even tell us the exact date of Jesus' birth? It could have. Lots of different ways, but it didn't. <laughs> why, why did... Why do you go to the trouble to tell us they caught 153 fish? Why? Yes, that's why. Well, the truth is, I don't think anybody really knows, but my best guess is because at the time he returns, there'll be 153 nations on the earth. Mm -hmm. At last count, there was 198 a few years ago. At last count now, there's like 206. But again, there's about to be a world government. So a lot of those will be combined or removed. So at his return, probably there's 153 fish. For all there were so many, yet was not the net broken, meaning no one that is in the net, no one is stolen, no one is lost. All that the Father has given to me shall come to me. Then Jesus said to them, come and dine. In other words, the marriage supper. Okay, so first, there's 153 nations that are gathered into the net. The net didn't break. And then they bring them up to come and dine. Jesus comes, and who fixes the meal? Who serves it? Jesus. It's a picture of the marriage supper of the Lamb. Is that not cool? I think that's cool. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said, Yea, Lord, uh, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto them, Feed my lambs. Then saith him the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he said unto them, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto them, Feed my sheep. And he said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto them the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto them, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto them, Feed my sheep. Why did Jesus do that? Because Peter had denied him three times. So he made him confess him three times. Now, I don't want to use that as a crutch to deny Jesus to then just reconfess him. I ain't going to deny him. Take my head, but I'm not going to deny him. Put me through torture. But I, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Have you told the Lord that he has your life, that he has your death, that there's no way you're going to deny him? Now, here's those two words again, verily, rarely. That means it's going to repeat. Verily, rarely, I say unto you, by the way, this is kind of what we do in the Bible study Friday night at what time? Be here at 6, right? 
Right, we are saying, when thou was young, did gird yourself and walk as whither you wouldest, but when you're old, you shall stretch forth your hands, meaning be crucified, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou would not. He spake, signifying what death, that Peter should glorify God, and he was crucified upside down. Then, now to get to the conclusion, wow, perfect timing. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into the mountain where Jesus had appointed them. When they saw him, he worshipped him, but some doubted. So here they are still doubting. Jesus came and spake unto them, All power is given to me in heaven and earth. What does that mean? It means that we could kick those devils out, right, Lou? Not by our power, but by his name. He has all power in heaven and in earth, and through his name, that means what? We have all power. All power is given to me in heaven and earth, and go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. He said to them, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and baptized shall be saved. He that believeth and not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. They'll believe in the rapture. It doesn't say that, does it? Mm. Wow, I sure do wish we didn't have to go through any trouble. He that believeth and baptized shall be saved. He believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. That doesn't mean that you handle snakes. It means that you know you have the power and authority to kick out the devil. It means you know that that devil comes to you and you can tell him, get thee hence in Jesus' name. They shall take, in other words, they take up the fight. They take up the battle against the devil. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, sick, and once in a while they'll, no, and they shall, what? They will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord with them, and confirming the word with signs following. For God so loved the world, gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever not... Would they not, whosoever believeth him would not perish, but have everlasting life. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, for by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works. And if we confess with the mouth and believe in the heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, we shall be saved. For the heart man believeth in the righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And you can simplify all of that by simply saying, Jesus, forgive me my sin. Jesus, forgive me. Let's say that. Jesus, forgive me. my. One more time. Jesus, forgive me my sins. Be my God. One more time. Jesus, forgive my sins and be my God in Jesus' name. If you just said that for the very first time, then send us an email at this. Ah, back up. At this address and let us know you just received Jesus. Why? 
Matthew 10, 32 and 3 says, Whosoever confesses me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. Whosoever denies me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. If you just receive Jesus for the very first time, it's important you tell someone. Now, it's best if you go to, like your mate or your best friend, just want to tell you, I just received Jesus yesterday or last night or this morning or whenever it was. But you can also just send us an email. We will be a witness for you too. Also, we encourage you to become a part of something. Don't just, you know, like visit from time to time or don't just watch us online and kind of catch us as catch can. Be a part. And you can become a part of Spirit Apache Church by going to right here on spiritapachechurch.com or prophecyclub.com. And you want to click down there on the left, it says become a member, a ministry member. And if you're watching us on some of the platforms, if you'll click like, share, and subscribe, it helps send it out to more people. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the finished work on the cross. We thank you so much for the things that you have done for us. And we ask that your anointing would stay with us this week. And if there's any things that we need to change or to do differently in our life, you will speak to us about doing that. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have prayer requests, come on up. Be happy to pray for you. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Wow, right on time.